219. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. <clears throat> My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So, man, <clears throat> today I'm excited, super excited because we start the book of Daniel. Daniel is really a dope book, kind of well known in the Old Testament, especially uh, chapter three and chapter six, the lion's den and or the fiery furnace and the lion's den. And it's so much richer than that, though. Like, it's not just some Sunday school story about these cats who get thrown in the fire and that's it. But it's really, really <clears throat> deep and really rich. And so it's a lot to unpack here. And yeah, as first episodes usually are, they're a little bit longer just because you have to unpack the context a little bit. So I'm going to do that. and We're going to jump right in. So basically, the book of Daniel is about Daniel. <laughs> it's about this guy named Daniel himself and his fellow friends, right? Three of his friends um, from the tribe of Judah. They're all from the tribe of Judah, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, right? And they have been taken into exile in 605 BC by this guy named Nebuchadnezzar. We've been seeing him all throughout the prophets, all throughout the scriptures, second Kings, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so this is the story of Daniel and his friends in exile. They're in Babylon, right? And the main point of this book is this, I'm not even gonna get into too many details. The main point of the book is this, how can God's people live faithfully in exile? How? How can God's people live faithfully in exile? And at the same time, God is the sovereign Lord over all the kingdoms of the world, right? He is the sovereign Lord over all the kingdoms and leaders and those in power in the world. And how can we live faithfully in exile? The New Testament will say we are like exile. We are like uh exiles in a foreign land right and so we are not in the kingdom of god in its fullness so this applies to us today right so the book starts off this way the lord handed king jehoiakim of judah of judah over to him along with some of the vessels from the house of god nebuchadnezzar carried them to the land of babylon to the house of his god and put the vessels in the treasury of his god all right, so very subtle, and Daniel's getting a lot done in very little space. But what the ancients basically thought <clears throat> was that military defeat and conquest meant that their God had defeated the other nation's gods, right? But here, Daniel shows that Yahweh gave Israel over to Nebuchadnezzar rather than the ancient deity of Babylon winning, right? And so God is showing here already, first first two verses, I'm in control. God has control over those who are in control. He has power over those who are in power. He is the sovereign ruler over the world. Right. And so they take Daniel and his friends and they change their names. Right. They colonize them in verse seven as subjects, unfortunately. Right. And they become, as you may know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Right. And from there, they were supposed to serve three years in the king's court in verse eight. Um, they say this and they're already feeling the pressure of the surrounding culture in the first chapter. It says this Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. So he asked permission from the chief eunuch not to defile himself. Literally, the text in the Hebrew says he literally set upon his heart not to do this. Why? Well, remember the food laws of the Torah are the first five books of the Bible. Daniel emerges as a leader and speaks up for his people and himself. And they obey the food laws of abstaining from foods that were ritually unclean. As God had said, this is the thing we learn. The thing we learn here is that we have to resist assimilating into the culture around us when it means that we would disobey the God above us. 
right? We have to resist assimilating to the culture around us when it means we would disobey the God who was above us. And so what happens because of this, God gives them favor, right? The very next verse, God rewards faithfulness and obedience, even when it means you are in the minority. So it says, God gave these four young men knowledge and understanding and every kind of literature and wisdom. Daniel also understood visions and dreams of every kind. That last verse is going to set us up uh, for the next chapter. So what happens in chapter two, my man Nebuchadnezzar is starting to have these dreams, right? And, you know, he's basically like, yo, man, I, I really can't. Uh, um, so they get promoted in the last chapter. I meant to say they get promoted in the last chapter and they're going to serve in the palace. Now, chapter two comes. Nebuchadnezzar is having these dreams. He summons all of his magicians, mediums and sorcerers, and they are unable to tell him what is it about. Now, the, the, the magicians, the mediums and the sorcerers were those who practice witchcraft, basically, you know, cult practices. They was on some wild darkness, fam, like just wild stuff. And what the king is asking, they'll say what the king is asking is so difficult that no one can make it known to him except the gods whose dwelling is not with mortals. Nebuchadnezzar gets mad. And he's basically like, yo, kill all of them and kill Daniel and his friends, too. Everybody's just going to die because nobody can tell me what this dream is about. <laughs> Daniel hears about it and he says, yo, Neb is wildin'. Nah, man, like fam, let me do it. So he go back to the homies. Daniel goes to the homies. He's like, yo, pray, dog. Just pray. Pray for mercy concerning this mystery. And then they pray, right? The text says, verse 19, the mystery was then revealed to Daniel in a vision at night. And Daniel praised the God of heavens. Fam, we see off the bat, basic, basic, yeah, basic insight, the power of prayer, right? Daniel gets the mystery revealed to him about Nebuchadnezzar's dream because he prayed to God. How much do we neglect over smaller things to pray to the God of the universe? Another major theme that this book is going to get at is the concept of mystery. So what mystery means in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, mystery just means something that was hidden and that God reveals. Right. Something that was hidden and that God reveals the gospel is actually a mystery. The, the Apostle Paul says, because it was hidden from ages. They didn't know that the Messiah would come and unite Jew and Gentile and all this good stuff. And it was a mystery that was now revealed in the last times in the person of Jesus. So here what Daniel is saying is like, no, like this mystery was revealed to me. God reveals himself to his people. What Daniel was saying is that Yahweh is the God of revelation. He is both directing the course of history like a producer would and write scripts, but he is also the revealer, right? As one who goes and gives wisdom to his people and to the world. So much here. Um, but basically this dream comes and he sees this big statue, Nebuchadnezzar, and Daniel tells him like, yo, um, this stature is made of uh, you know, iron, gold, iron, silver, all these things. And basically that the statue represents all of these kingdoms in the ancient world. The head represented Babylon, the chest and arms represented Persian Empire, stomach, the, the Greek Empire, and the legs and feet represented the Roman Empire. And Daniel is going to say that this stone comes, right? And it's going to uh, hit the statue, one stone, and it's going to destroy the statue, right? And Man, all that to say is the stone is the kingdom of God, right? The stone, this unlikely, remember Psalm 118, the stone that the builders rejected is the cornerstone. Um, and this stone is going to destroy these kingdoms. And Daniel is prophesying ahead of time before any of them are destroyed that they would all fall, right? He presents the fall of these kingdoms before they actually fall. And one of the things we've talked about over and over, God's kingdom comes to the world by shattering and bringing judgment on the kingdoms of the world. 
right? If you live in a country, right, or a nation today that is so unjust, you can have confidence if you've trusted in the kingdom of God because he's going to triumph over the kingdoms of this world. Chapter three, Nebuchadnezzar hears this, he's hyped, and he basically is like, yo, man, the God of y'all God, that God of Daniel, that God, he's one of the gods, right? He says that he doesn't acknowledge him as the only one and true God. And Nebuchadnezzar is so wishy-washy throughout this text. Uh, you'll see that he kind of like praises God a little bit. And then he goes back to his idolatry. Um, and so chapter three comes and oddly enough, he erects a statue himself, right? A golden statue. And he's like, yo, everybody in the land, make it, make it a decree. Worship, worship the statue. I don't care who you are. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel's three friends, is like, nah, we, nah, we, we like, we good. Like, we not, we not worshiping. We worship Yahweh, fam. Like, we ain't, we ain't with all that. And so, verse sixteen, I'll say this: um, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then He can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and He can rescue us from the power of you, the King. But even if he does not rescue us, right, we want you as a king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. So basically, Nebuchadnezzar's like, yo, why y'all not going to bow down? Um, if y'all don't bow down, y'all can get thrown into this fiery furnace. And they're like, fam, that's fine, right? Do, do to us as you will. And as a result, they get thrown into the fire. Now, one of the things we see here is this. Refusing to bow down to the idols of the age will usually result in some form of persecution right it may not be a fiery furnace today it may be slander it may not be uh, a fiery furnace today but it may be isolation and uh, treated as marginalized and ostracized from society in 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 whatever way that may be it may be losing friends whatever it may be but refusing to bow down to the idols of the age usually results in persecution and we know how much our hearts believe the God of the universe is really worth by how much we are willing to give up for him, by what cost we are willing to pay to re remain submitted to him. And these guys were like, yo, fam, we, we like we willing to give up our lives, man. Like we're willing to give up our lives out of fidelity to God in a hostile environment, even when the pressure is insanely high. These guys are the only ones in the entire province who hadn't bowed down do we have that kind of faith do we believe god is worth that much and so they go in the furnace and you know the story they're unharmed right and one of the the men of babylon says he exclaimed look i see four men not tied walking around in the fire unharmed and the fourth looks like a son of the gods the men who even tried to throw them in died because the heat was so hot but god is able to keep his people, right? We see that God is able to keep us through persecution, even if he doesn't prevent us from it, right? God is able to keep us through persecution, even if he does not prevent us from it. God always vindicates the righteous. That's something you're going to hear me say a ton. Chapter four, chapter four, and finally speaking, uh, my man Neb has another dream. Nebuchadnezzar has another dream. And it's about this tree that grows really tall, large and strong. And it was visible to the ends of the earth and all this good stuff. And basically, um, you know, he's going to say this happened. And then uh, one, a holy one is going to come to him in his dream and say, that, yo, this tree is actually going to be cut down. 
right? And the one who it symbolizes will become like a beast of the field. What is he talking about? Well, the tree is actually Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel's going to say that. And he said, yo, like you're, you're going to become like an animal, right? You're going to be like an animal. You're, you're essentially going to go crazy for seven years. And, you know, what Daniel is trying to say is this man, like until he acknowledges the most high God, the point here is simple. The irony is that when humans seek, hear this, seek to exalt themselves above God, they become less than human, right? When humans seek to exalt themselves above God, they become less than human. In trying to become more, they become less. In trying to become God, they become like animals, wild, insatiable, unable to have a sense of control without logic and rationality, devoid of true worship and understanding of the God of the universe, willing to pounce on anyone in their way. They become like animals, right? And God is going to do this. He's going to fulfill this in Nebuchadnezzar's life. And it shows that, yo, God is going to exalt the humble, but he humbles the exalted. Humiliation to exaltation. Nebuchadnezzar exalted himself and therefore God humbled him, right? And the same is true today. God will humble you if you exalt in yourself. He will humble you. But if you humble yourself, God will exalt you. I think about the person and work of Jesus, the greatest king to ever live humbles himself by taking the form of a servant, becoming a human and dying a criminal's death as a sacrifice for sin. And therefore, what does God do? He raises him up with all power and authority. He exalts him in his resurrection, ascension and heavenly session. And this theme runs throughout the book of Daniel, this humiliation, exaltation. But it also runs throughout the Bible and throughout history. God, listen, God wants humility and he wants to do the exalted let's pray father we thank you that you teach us how to live faithfully in exile when the kingdoms of the world uh, marginalize the people of god help us to do that today help us to remember that you uh exalt the humble and humble the exalted help us to remember that